Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights. Thanks, Upper Deck, for uh, having a great company for the last 31 or 32 years, maybe, depending on when they incorporated. But Grant's now there. We're going to hear from Grant Sandground, my esteemed guest and former colleague. And uh, so Upper Deck is one of the sponsors, but also Panini and Tops, Heritage Auctions, Huxley Scott Auctions, Rob Veris at Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Fruitman at Mike Stadium Sports Cards, as well as ComC.com and Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication. So welcome back, Grant. We're going to talk about, we, we did your origin story and we talked about kind of the first half of your origin. And this isn't an origin story, but it's, we, we want to tackle some of the things you're excited about that you've gotten to do at Upper Deck, having been at Beckett Publications for and Beckett Media for a long time and seeing that side of the industry. You know, there would be some that say you went to the dark side and some would say you finally came out of the dark side by leaving Beckett Publications to go to Upper Deck. So tell us about uh, some of your favorite sets and and uh, you know the stuff you've been working on at Upper Deck that you're that you're proud of, the company's proud of, and just enlighten us. And, and again, thanks for coming on and happy to hear from you, Grant. Thanks, Jim. I have been with Upper Deck since 2008, so I, I've been with the company for 12 years now. I was actually initially hired as product manager. Um, obviously, they knew they knew about my background and experience working for your company prior to that for uh, quite some time. So I got the opportunity to kind of flip the script and, and go from essentially a price guide editor and writer into um, the belly of the beast, really, to trying to make trading card sets. And I was hired and, and you know, learned from uh, a lot of great people there at Upper Deck. And you know, I remember when I was uh, going through the hiring process at Upper Deck, I put together a product that I wanted to pitch to them during my job interview. And that product was Goodwin Champions. I mapped out the whole thing. I had it mapped out in like four or five pages on a notebook. Had all these crazy ideas. Uh, and it was really driven by wanting to try and, uh, I had studied my last few years at Beckett. I had done a lot of research and studying on tobacco era cards. We did, I worked with Mike Payne, one of my great co-workers at Beckett for many, many years and much love to Mike Payne. We worked on the Beckett Vintage Magazine and the Graded Magazine. And we, we put in a lot of time and effort on that Graded Magazine. And during that time, I, I learned a lot about the stuff there and I wanted to take it through a modern filter and do things that nobody had ever done with cards. And one of the crazy ideas I, I had turned into an insert called entomology, which was this crazy idea um, of taking insects and embedding them in cards. Really, I wanted to do butterflies. But then I thought, because butterflies are pretty, and I didn't know if you could do it. I didn't know if they'd fall apart. I didn't know if you could make a card with that deep of a shadow box. But it was basically a play on some of the early tobacco cards that had birds on them. You know, when you really start studying the tobacco stuff, it wasn't just Honest Wagner. There was all sorts of weird stuff, flags and birds and waterfalls and bears and you name it. But I wanted to wow people and make a relic card that had never been done before. And I wanted to stick centipedes in there and spiders and scorpions, all sorts of creepy crawlies. And so I pitched the idea during my job interview. And sure enough, you know, one thing led to another. I got hired and uh, I moved to San Diego and started, they let me put into motion Goodwin Champions, which was, which is still here to this day. It's, I think it's in its 11th or 12th edition. Uh, and the brand has grown under the contributions of many, many other creative people beyond what I've done with it. But there were some, that would probably be my favorite brand that I've worked on. You uh, uh, and there's, you don't say that was, you didn't make that like a condition of employment, did you? If you hire me, you have to let me do this. Or Because it seems to me, as I recall, Upper Deck, you, you've always known some of the people at Upper Deck. And, and you know, being the owner of a company for some of these years, they, they, they were tracking you somewhat in previous years. They were aware of your excellence and uh, were interested in hiring you. But in 2008 is when you made the, made the change. That's correct. As you know, Tim Uray, he used to head up the entire product development uh, team back when I was an employee at Upper Deck. And he would bring his staff, some five, six, seven people from San Diego to Dallas, Texas to speak with us, and then to Iola, Wisconsin to speak with the SED people. 
And as you might imagine, you know me well enough, I'm not one to hold my tongue. So I was quite talkative at those meetings because they would run through their calendar stuff and I'd, you know, give my feedback and everyone was welcome to. That's, I think, what Tim wanted. So yes, I did know some okay. of those people and they kind of knew me a little bit. You're right. But no, it wasn't a prerequisite to hiring. I didn't think I felt I had such leverage to do so, but I was excited to try and really make that concept a reality and that the whole thing of like, wow, wouldn't it be great to work for a card company? To think if you have a concept to put it into reality, that's kind of what you're shooting for. Uh, and I'm very thankful for the great people here at Upper Deck that gave me the opportunity to do it. I, I remember Joe Fallon, who's a great guy uh, that did a lot of product development, wonderful work here for Upper Deck. He pulled me aside uh, like my first or second day and said, don't let anyone stop you. If you've got a great idea, we'll make it into a card. And that was so great to hear that they're really procreative. I mean, they really want you to create stuff and not put limits on your uh, creativity and the ideas you could throw out there. And sure enough, I, I created bug cards and, and good ones. Some of the famous favorite stuff we've done, I, I would say we did meteorite relic cards. I thought that was always cool. I've always been interested in, I, I think we're in a golden age of space discovery. The stuff, it's just fascinating. So taking meteorites and making relic cards out of those, that was some of the neatest cards we made. Um, we did crazy stuff. We did relic cards and the elemental tables. We almost like set the building on fire trying to capture various elements in, in hardened plastic discs, all sorts of other stuff. We did animal patches that turned out to sell for 600 bucks each. We tapped into people wanting to collect hundreds of different manufactured animal patches. Just really stretched the boundaries of what could make a collectible card. It was really fun to try and push those boundaries. Uh, yeah, of course, um, hockey is a major part of what we do. Uh, I was actually initially hired to work on baseball and worked on an entire program of baseball, but we, you know, we kind of um, lost the license back when I was initially hired and I jumped on the opportunity immediately to go into hockey because I'm a sports guy, you know, and, and I, I worked on the, the Beckett um, hockey magazine for a couple of years. I helped train Bill Sutherland, who's a wonderful guy still with the company. And Bill was a passionate, passionate hockey guy. And I learned a lot from him and hopefully he learned something from me. But I knew, I knew some hockey I and mean, I knew that the market reacted similarly to baseball back in the time with a lot of set builders, a lot of passionate team collectors. So I felt like I'll take that and um, really jumped into it. And I'm so thankful for hockey is a wonderful market, great athletes, great dealers, great distributors. And I've been very fortunate to work on brands like the top and SBA and UD1 and UD2 and you know, young guns are some of the most important rookie cards in this entire industry. They spread across all the sports. If you want a card that doesn't have an autograph and doesn't have memorabilia on it, that's critically important and historically relevant. Young guns are right at the top of that list. Um, so it's neat to be able to kind of work on some of those legacy brands like the flagship UD brand that the upper deck has had. You know, Grant, one of my concerns, when, the only concern I had, you know, when you went there is because you're so creative and uh, I, I wasn't that familiar with the corporate culture there. And so my only fear was, was that they might not give you enough rope or slack to, to do some of the creative things you wanted to do. And so I didn't know whether you'd be there. I mean, I knew that you're excellent, you'd have excellent work, but, you know, there were a lot of people that went to Upper Deck that didn't stay very long who were also really good. And so you've been there 12 years. So to me, that means they've really given you an opportunity to do creative, interesting stuff to keep it fresh because you're a really intense guy. And uh, if you were doing boring stuff, there's, there's other opportunities out there for you. So it must be working. They really did. And I, like you said, I am pretty intense. I, I push 110% on what I do. And I, I, I probably overstepped a lot of my boundaries for my, if you look at my job description strictly and said, just do this, stay in these lanes. I don't think I did that because I just, cared too much. So like when we worked on these sets, I would look at photos and say, no, we can't use this photo for Jordan and Goodwin. It's Jordan. Like the first Jordan car we did in Goodwin Champion, he's soaring through the air with the clouds in the background. I wanted that photo. It had to be that photo. It had to be Air Jordan. There were certain cards I, I had to have right. So I stuck my nose in there and I probably ruffled feathers. But I, I think I got a lot more appreciation for my passion than I did for overstepping my boundaries. And they did let me uh, be me, be myself. And I think we've got some, I had, was fortunate to work with some really great teammates here that allowed me to 
kind of really try and see my vision for the important key elements of cards that I wanted uh, done in a certain way. You know, you're a numbers guy, but you're an art guy too. Did that, that, uh, was that a good uh, blend for them that they could see that you're, I don't know if you have a BFA or whatever, but you had some kind of, you know, you have artistic ability and you have a college degree with broadcast film. So it gave you uh, a better feel for the aesthetic, which is really an important part. I mean, Upper Deck came into being as a card that had a better aesthetic. Uh, yeah, and by no means am I a designer. <laughs> Absolutely not am I a designer. But I did have certain um, specifications for things that I wanted to look right. And fortunately, part of being a product manager at Upper Deck, you get sign-off on the designs. You're, you get to be signing off. If you don't like something, you can push back. And we have an amazing team of designers. We really do. It's one of the company's strengths. I'm so fortunate that we can work with guys that are so, guys and girls that are so talented. They can take your concept of your chicken scratch drawing. Although I probably did a little bit better than chicken scratch. We actually, it's so funny. We all take decoy cards, white decoy cards, and we'll sketch out concepts on them because they're two and a half by three and a half. Right. So you can sketch them out and you can show them to a designer, make it look like this. And it's pretty funny when you look at the varying product managers we have with their artistic abilities or lack thereof. You've got people with stick figures and, you know, people with X eyes. I wasn't really doing the X eyes and the stick figures, but then again, I wasn't really, you know, uh, painting a Mona Lisa on the back of a, a sketch card yeah. or of a decoy. But you, I, I think my eye, it helped. Taking a lot of art studio probably helped. I have a curious nature. I love going to museums. I love looking at art. It's just in my blood, which actually reminds me of another one of my favorite all-time cards was the Goodwin, Goodwin Masterpieces Art of the Ages. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're hand-painted one-on-ones where we ask artists to recreate stuff like the Mona Lisa or Starry Night or, or hundreds of other paintings. And those are really, really fun. There's nothing more fun than seeing a batch of those come in to your office to inspect. And you're just like blown away. The concept was we wanted to take sketch cards and make them way better than anyone had ever done them before. We wanted oil painted sketch cards was the concept. Um, we started with the presidents uh, back in like 2011. We did um, all the US presidents and that was very, very popular. And then we kind of branched off and did the masterpiece Art of the Ages ones. But um, yeah, my art background, um, I think it's helped me a little bit. I think it's helped me a little bit. Have they, I mean, you're given the impression that, that you've, uh, that when you throw out these ideas, they accept them. Are there any of your ideas that are too crazy that they've, they've either rejected or said, uh, we'll table that for uh, a while? I don't think they've been, plenty of ideas have been rejected, yes, but I don't think they've been rejected because of internal concerns. They were more rejected perhaps because of licensor concerns and or fiscal inabilities. You could have an idea where it just may be way too expensive to make the card. It just may not, may not make sense. On the other hand, they, do, they, do they tap into your ability to uh, have, be aware of the secondary market value of some of these cards that, that you're suggesting that you oh, have insights so. based very on? Very much so. But I think that when you say tap into, um, I think they, how can I say, it's a really good argument. If you can say, I guarantee this is going to be a massive chase card that will help drive case sales. Yes, you could really get a lot of dissenters <laughs> to say, okay, go with your crazy idea. And usually, you know, it's, it's proven truth. Certainly, I've had a couple that flopped, but usually if you have a really good gut feel for it, and you've been doing it for 20 years, you know what's going to excite people in the industry. That's kind of, you think what Upper Deck is excited to hire somebody that has a good pulse of the industry and knows what makes products buzz and sing. So if you're pushing that and preaching the gospel and you are your biggest cheerleader for products internally, uh, you, can, you can convert a lot of people and make them excited about your product. And that's what I, I really um, try and push with my staff now. You've got to be the, the cheerleader. You've got to push out that excitement internally for the product, it, it'll resonate. Yeah. What, uh, tell me about your team, uh, because, you know, I know that when we had, uh, you know, back in the back in publication days, we had a, you know, a, a really great group and you were, loved being part of that and you were first chair in some respects, but, you know, not always supervisory, but, but uh, definitely a leader by example. But, you know, what's, what's the dynamic at Upper Deck? Is it, is it herding cats or if people are figuring out what to do and doing it? 
No, I've got a great team. I'm my official position, I don't think we've even referenced it so far as director of product development. So what I do these days, I oversee a staff, the product development team, which is broken into, for the people that I oversee, two key areas. We have a group of product managers and a group of coordinators, and they do various different facets, and we've got incredibly talented people uh, in both areas. The, the product managers, they focus on, they're more of you know, hardcore lifelong collectors. You've got to have that in your blood, right? It's hard to come and build products if you haven't collected for years on end. It's, a, it's hard to make those reads. And we've got a, a very talented staff of guys that, that put our products together and work on products ranging from hockey to uh, Marvel and to some of our, our box products. I haven't even talked about all the amazing stuff we're doing in Marvel. I would actually say some of the stuff I'm most excited about working on now is our Marvel stuff, both in publishing and in cinematic. And we've got uh, a staff that is flexible, that some people can work on both. Some people are really more specialized in, in uh, the specific licenses that we have. Uh, we've got some, some great guys that are doing great work on that side. On the coordinator side, it is a lot of, we've got guys that, that are doing great work. They're, they're responsible to do a lot of the building of the checklist and fleshing out the body of the product. So they do a ton of research on, on the players and they'll, they'll have to be responsible for all the autograph contracts and the signature rates and the structure of the checklist. So you've got people that are really good at balancing budgets, really good at handling. They are the central hub of all our traffic between the design team and the, the athlete relations and the production and operations. Everything goes through those coordinator staff. And we've got some, some uh, great people that do, do some amazing juggling. Well, we're out of time, but uh, that you've just pointed out that uh, pricing cards and making cards are not as simple as people who have never done it uh, think. It takes, takes a team, uh, and even with uh, a lot of really excellent people, it still takes a, uh, a lot of commitment on the part of a lot of people. So thanks for your time today, Grant. We'll, we'll uh, do it again. Thanks, listeners. Be back again tomorrow with another episode. Just do it.